we're back once again, folks, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome to How You Living. Yeah. Let's and, start. Oh, go for it. I don't know. I was going to say we're back with episode 37. Uh, hey, keeping track this time. I'm actually thinking that's accurate. And that's right. So, yeah. So how's your how's your day going, Mikkel? Uh, it's been going good, man. Uh, live in the fall, we had the uh, first game of the World Series earlier tonight. Uh, Houston lost. Houston lost. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, maybe it's going to be one of those real tight seven-game World Series. So uh, they've got plenty of baseball left to play. Indeed. And uh, and the Dodgers look good. They put out their ace Kershaw and got the win. Uh, okay, okay. Script is written in Hollywood this, <laughs> this time. We'll uh, see if Houston can uh, throw a few uh, changes in there, a few twists. There you go, you there know, you go. M. Night Shamla, shout out. Um, yeah, man, and we're, uh, we're otherwise, we're here, like you said, coming up on episode number 37, as uh, we like to start before with a little throwback we call callbacks oh, oh yeah it's a look back at the things we've talked about in other episodes and uh things we might have missed things that are happening that relate to those it's just a segment we can shout back to what we shouted out yeah what do you got on your mind this week as far as topics of the past so we got to go local again uh seattle listeners if you're out there hopefully you've gotten your ballots by now and so, you know, we have our two mayoral candidates that we talked about last week when it came to municipal broadband and Carrie Moon is all for it. And then Jenny Durkin, uh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I saw today there was uh, at least an hour of a uh, debate. I'm not sure how long the entire debate was, but I caught the last hour on uh, King Five, which was uh, it was pretty in depth uh, questionnaire that you got some town hall questions in it. Okay. Um, they definitely spent a good deal of time talking about their approaches to homelessness, mm. as far as it relates to zoning, as far as it relates to city crisis, as far as it relates to the tiny houses, encampments, um, registered RV areas. So they kind of went over all the do- those different areas. And um, Carrie Moon definitely labeled out a few specific plans, whereas um, Jenny Durkin talked mostly about the places she'd visited that were already happening. Carrie Moon was kind of adding to it her ideas to solve the homeless crisis, whereas she's... Jenny Durkin was more talking about it as as an as is status quo situation. So yeah, both approaches seem accurate. Um, in for a mayoral situation like that, one being kind of vague, one being more specific about a hopeful future, you know. And we basically <coughs> fall somewhere in the middle, you know. Yeah, Jenny's definitely done a good job of uh, marketing herself as someone who's going into the various neighborhoods and talking to the people there. Yeah, going straight to the yeah. That's kind of how she was coming off on this thing was going straight to the uh the voter in the different areas and discussing with them their um whatever problems were addressed for them specifically that's kind of how she she approaches the answers she talks mm-hmm. about very specific neighborhood visits and community organization things that she's done so i mean yeah it's 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 clearly a politician running a political race i mean oh yeah no for sure she's good at what she does and it's definitely, I do feel like there's a little bit of a proxy to our race back in 2016 for the Democratic leader. 
And I do feel like Carrie Moon is our Bernie Sanders and uh, Jenny Durkin is our Hillary Clinton. And probably on that, Jenny may have a good chance to win. Yeah. But I do feel like Carrie Moon wants to create a more um, livable and progressive Seattle more so than Jenny Durkin does. Right. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at because, you know, I want to live here for a little bit more, a little longer. I like it here. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> you keep downgrading and downgrading. But, I mean, I kind of went from, like, a 317-square-foot apartment to, you know, living into a townhome but renting out a room in that townhome. Right. So, and then, you know, where do, where can I move to next? An even smaller apartment in something that feels like glorified dormitory living. Right. Yeah, that, that's what's going on in the city. Like, <laughs> when you open up only uh, 45% of it to actual multi-family housing, but... When most of it is, I would probably say, I I need, and this is approximately so, but I would actually say that 80 to 90% of Seattle's zoning can be manipulated in some way where only single family homes can exist there or very low density housing can fit there. Right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <coughs> it's definitely, and, uh, uh, an ongoing issue man and and ha- i mean housing in in reality has to be approached from project level all the way up you know like you have to start with how your strategy is as a city for allowing development because you know this has been going on for decades under the watch of different city councils and different mayors mm-hmm. and city managers and different systems and well now it's a more diverse council because of this and oh it's going to have better aim because of this but we're still all facing the same 10 problems we've been facing for 40 years you know Mm -hmm. uh economy down need more jobs uh homelessness is a problem drugs are a problem so how do we address those problems in like a real world way how do we get access to health care for the people that may or may not be addicted to drugs how do we get access to homes to the people who are living in clearly out in the streets like it's not like they're hiding you know it's not this problem we're really hiding it's blatantly in front of us so all those things you know and why do they get to just say they're going to do stuff get the job and then hide in the the halls of city hall you know it doesn't it doesn't really make sense so we need it doesn't matter who gets elected in a way if we don't hold them to the fire this time and actually ask them to to complete the task that we want you know, because even if Jenny Durkin gets hired, that means now we can we know who to put the pressure on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, you know, so. And I do. Hopefully, she'll be receptive to other people because <clears throat> there's there's just a bunch of young people who are living here, a bunch of minorities, and people are just getting pushed out. So it, it's a really it's a real thing about like I do have serious concerns of Jenny Durkin will holistically look at Seattle and make the right choices to make it uh, livable for all people here and not just livable for those who have enough money or who are economic well, economically well off to do so. Yeah, exactly. And that's because that doesn't add to the kind of melting pot of a city when you don't have people of different income brackets and different backgrounds living amongst the same people. You kind of lose like sight of, of what it is in a city, that how different people are, where they come from, and that the vibrancy of that city is what keeps the scene alive. And that I think that vibrancy starts with the people who, you know, are working on the lowest rungs. They have to feel like that's the kind of city that's going to help them get up, you know. And that way, mm-hmm. 
when people are living on the street, they know we care and we're trying to get them off the streets so that that same system can take them out of being homeless and jobless to having a job to having a job where they think there's a future. Yeah. You know, and so that, I mean, it's a stepping stone process, but it's like as if we just keep removing the stones out of the picture, you know? Right. And, and what I've been finding is if you come to Seattle and you find people who can't have their own one bedroom apartment or make enough money or you'll see a lot of shared housing. Right. Right. And so it's happening anyway. It's just going to happen um if the way i would look at it because i know people two friends moved uh to finney ridge and uh, one used to live on east lake and one used to live in uh fremont but in capitol hill before that and they're both living in shared housing yeah now you could you could take that those places that our houses are built tear them down take two years and build like an eight nine or ten story high-rise apartment and then have the ability to house so many people who need to live like that and have them live comfortably. And that's where I'm kind of like, who's going to be the person who's going to do that? Well, and there's going to be opposition to that because, you know, that's a big blight on a neighborhood. And so there's understand- understandable reasons why the height of buildings is capped at certain points. But yeah, I believe- and, that, and that's going up neighborhood by neighborhood as adjacent to downtown. Mm-hmm. University District just got up to the height of um, the W Tower mm. and uh, the decades build whatever build, uh, building. So I think that's 12. So university's 12 and then Roosevelt's eight. Oh, see? see? Yeah. That's a start because Roosevelt has actually been getting um, quite a few apartments involving luxury apartments, though. That's the other, that's the other problem Seattle has. All the new developments are luxury developments. Right. Right. There's no like mid-end or <clears throat> low-end sort of developments. Yeah, and and even, and then there's also this program that allows for those places to have low income apartments, but their uh, the low income number. I forget there's a specific word for that. Right, where, um, like the line of poverty, but for yeah, for like not Section Eight now, but whatever that kind of qualification style. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, yeah, it's like still like thirty thousand dollars. I think or probably something, yeah. When like there's just a report that came out that you need to make at least seventy five thousand dollars a year to live comfortably in Seattle, so you got to bring that up to at least fifty, maybe even sixty, probably fifty. Yeah, because like you come on, like you know. You can live in other places, like rural places. If you're making fifty thousand, you making bank. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting uh, uh, battle for the mayor race and whether or not they they can address all the problems that they're facing. You know, um, I would definitely say look into Carrie Moon in a way where you actually understand the program she's gonna add and understand. That in my mind, Jenny Durkin's gonna stick with status quo. Um, it's what got her there. There's no reason to change, and you gotta look out for that. Um, you'll get a stagnant city, mm-hmm, and you'll mm-hmm. get a politician that'll stay in there. It's kind of an Ed Murray situation. We weren't all really happy with the progress, but he was progressive in certain aspects, so we mm-hmm. stuck with it. And look at where that got us. It got us back to square one, kind of leaderless, looking like we're rudderless because now we our trust and faith in that person makes us now question all the decisions they had. And it's mm-hmm. this whole difference of of opinion on 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 that. And so we need to be kind of coalescing as a city now and and understanding who our leader is 
and what we want from them and expect. And I think, obviously, I think either of these women would be a fine leader for our city. Oh, yeah, me too. I think they have the qualifications and and ultimately we can work with within whichever system is there. I just think there's a little bit more backdoor politics happening on the Jenny Durkin side as far Agreed. as old money, corporate money, and those type things. Uh, that could be wrong. In the end, I may not know the specifics of Carrie Moon, you know, but I just kind of feel from where she is as a candidate, that just doesn't seem like that's the case. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm at the point where if uh, Jenny Durkin does in fact get elected, it's time for us to be really super civically charged and go there, go to city council, go to her office and say, like, this is what we demand. This is what we want. Right. right. Whenever there's like a new, whenever there's new zoning things, go there and say, this is what we need. This is what's plaguing the city. Right. Because, you know, there's going to be that um, when you're talking earlier today about that guy who wants to keep Seattle as Seattle, he knows oh, um, yeah. good and well. <clears throat> and then there's going to be people who are like, well, we love this city, too. And all we want to do is to be able to live. That's it. We want a place to lay our heads, take a shower and take a shit. That's it. Yeah. Like it's going to be why it's, are you making it so hard? Yeah, it's going to be interesting <laughs> how if uh if Seattle can actually uh tread the waters that San Francisco laid bare, that um people would say parts of LA laid bare, um you know, Portland at some point in parts are doing it too. Mm -hmm. Ignoring um significance of diversity of economy, ignoring significance of diversity of culture and just building where the money is. Yeah. And uh, and if Seattle can skirt that with any creative policies or, or zoning, it, it's welcome. And honestly, there's some weird feeling in my mind that the metro metropolis that is Seattle eventually, just based on how we're, we're so waterbound, we're going to mm -hmm. just keep stretching along it. The, the the person that's going to figure it out is going to be Tacoma, right? <laughs> like Tacoma's going to become cooler than Seattle in the next 20 years, right? Like that's they're that just happen. they're just going to sidestep all of our bad moves. You know, they're going to have to skirt the rest of Pierce County. They're going to have to be this eyesore of Pierce County, you know, for a minute cuz the rest of Pierce County doesn't really vote that way, but they'll have to somehow mm -hmm. cross-sectionalize their city as this like super diverse e economic diverse capital of of uh of progressive idealism and honestly like, i could see that right I, I could see that because it, it might well so if if it goes the route of jenny durkin i feel like eventually people will get pushed out so far that all the people like there'll be a bigger push from renton uh, and south of seattle yeah there, there'll be like there'll be more of like the tacoma sprawl will get larger yeah and because everything's cheaper out there it'll become like there might be like, like okay we need to build our like own like SeaTac becomes the new like zoning yeah. quarter like where they start building like low-income townhouses there yeah yeah where they're like 750 a month three bedroom and you're like what why and they're like because we care <laughs> right maybe maybe what seattle needs is a low-income commuter city i don't know yeah like if i a low a low-income commuter city uh, i guess that's that's a good second prize i guess yeah all right i mean i would rather everybody just have an integrated uh i mean if we can get the link out there yeah it's, and then the link's already in c to uh, this is possible this is yeah. doable actually yeah because that's what that's what like i i'm taking a cue from my friends and my friends, when they're like, we're buying houses, they bought houses in Bothell, which if you don't know Seattle, Bothell's in uh, north, northeast, yeah. sort of Washington from Seattle. 
Uh, some a lot of people are buying houses south in Burien and White Center. Yeah. Uh, White Center. They they mentioned it may or may not get incorporated in Seattle. There's going to be a vote. Yeah. Yeah. Does that? I actually haven't looked at the ballot yet because the ballot uh, came in. So we'll have to. Well, for those people who are watching and waiting or haven't made their time to sit down yet, um, I do next week want to do a little bit more details on the two Seattle City Council races that are happening. Yeah. Is the next week, yeah, the next week's the last week before it's actually Mm -hmm. the election. Yeah. Because the election's the first week. Yeah. First Tuesday. Yeah. November 7th. Remember to get it in by then. Two weeks from tonight. And before we get out of the call, the callback episode, I wanted to say I met I met a BD who is running for city port commissioner number three, um, and, and uh, he's an immigrant. Um, and he's Muslim American. He immigrated here and everything uh, from Sudan, I believe. And so he has a cool story. He's a cool guy. Um, he did a lot of the work for the fight for fifteen and down at SeaTac. So, you know, I think he'll do a good job. So I'm endorsing him. There you go. And partially because I met him and I'm like, hey, if you want diversity in the city, if you want to be progressive Seattle, here's a guy who know how, who's progressive and knows how to get shit done. There you go. So that's not a bad plan. Um, and he's running. What was the specifics on that again? He's running- uh, Seattle Port Commissioner number three. Number three. OK, there you go. Well, um, yeah, let's go ahead and start the episode, guys. Woo! newcomers to the show yeah that was the uh that was technically the pre-show we're now in the show that we don't always play the, the yeah. <laughs> right the law and order theme we don't always play the law and order that's true if you're new to the show like we like to do this part called the state of america it is true all right and for the first part of the state of america we like to have uh bill watch yeah it <laughs> wasn't that weird that it happened as you said it i know right it's like he has a clip or something bill watch <laughs> and that's where we keep an eye on capitol hill or our local capitol hill this time we're talking the one in dc what do you got for them, Chaz? So we're keeping it a, not local, local, but you know, one of our senators, Ms. Patty Murray, um, is linking up. And so I tried to look at it on Congress.gov, but I don't think it's been introduced uh, to the House or the Senate yet. This is most likely would be a Senate bill to start because it's two senators that came together, but it's the Bipartisan Health Care Stabilization Act of 2017. Um, and there's a first section. The first section is, has the short title of it. There's a second section is waivers for uh, state uh, innovation. So when they allow, let me see, allow for states to offer value-based insurance plans. Um, this is going to create some flexibility in the states with a one three three two guardrail on affordability. So that's something to do with the Affordable Care Act. Those of you who know what that does for your plan, that's going to help you guys out. Uh, there's going to be more funding options. There's going to be premium tax credits, t- cost sharing reduction, small business tax credits, and all that. Clarifies the budget neutrality test. Um, they're going to streamline the one the three three two waiver application process with this. Uh, and there's also and it goes into all of that too. So, um, you know what? I will link a link to this where I found it on our Facebook page after this episode. If you want to check it out. Yeah, it looks like uh, and it it involved uh, that it, they they they're calling it in in this uh, 
New York Times article that it helps cut off Trump's idea of the, on the health subsidies by striking this deal. So, um, you know, I think ultimately Trump that says somewhere that Trump aides say he supports it basically because he's like at this point he has to save face, right? Because the numbers came out that he was going to lose a bunch of money. So ultimately the states knew that. I kind of said this too, I think. I in, believe so. In, in the podcast, I was going to say the states are going to, the states aren't going to allow this, but yeah, it's, it's uh, this government in action. Like th this is literally like at the level of the schoolhouse rock, like just a bill on Capitol Hill type politics that mm -hmm. tr Trump's playing. Like it's, he's literally the kid asking the bill, like, how do I get a bill passed? And they're like, well, Donald Trump, let me tell you. And he's like, fuck that. I'm going to write this executive order. Mm -hmm. And the bill's like, you can't trump the system like that, even though it's your name. And then like, you know, there's sad music plays as the bill like goes back to Congress and says, we should pass a bill in an order that'll pass and get through both houses. So he can't, write an executive order against it and everyone high fives and then their bill passes right but, and that's what's happening and that's and they criticized obama for it too when they were stonewalling him from getting any shit done after 2010 party of no right so so yeah and i hate the politics now because it's just like the epitome of hypocritical yeah behavior i mean it they literally want it to come down to thumb wrestling like that's what they're asking at this one. We'll, we'll I'll have my senator thumb wrestle your senator if my thumb he gets his pork barrel and free every year. You get a pay, New Yorker. You're like I'm from Washington. Yeah, that's what I said. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna go against our our way of life because you know we're mm -hmm. letting people live here and we're trying to have arts and creativity and we want to bring that to the rest of the country and but no, we're having this social debate on what issues really matter and it's getting it's getting awkward man because it's starting mm -hmm. to get to the point where basically our congress is going to have to operate in secret from what the president's going to want and do mm -hmm. that's the country we're leading now is indeed is we're pretending like it's not happening and uh and that's like super weird like i don't know indeed and i think that is a good segue to go into our next segment the state of america what do you got more what else is going on you got oh, or, 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 or i did i did say the state of america what i meant was this week in america Ooh, what happened this week man what has happened this week well bill sorry not bill clinton uh obama and uh Bush have both come out and made statements about Trump without mentioning his name. Uh, George Bush was definitely talking about how his bigotry was uh, very weird and all that. And Comey came out on Twitter? Comey? You didn't hear about Comey coming out on Twitter? Hell no. What? Yeah, Comey came out on Twitter. Did like, you say what now? He had a, he had a, um, a side account. Oh my uh, god. That was uh named uh it, it it was found out by like Gawker or one of those things. No, I mean that one's gone. But yeah, Reinhold Neubauer, uh, which is at former BU, is actually the outcome for any Klingon interaction. Whoa. Well, there you go. There's hey, look out. Cause he's got Klingon interaction. Mm -hmm. Uh no, but he his Twitter was um it was not like his actual like name or whatever, so he was basically kind of like 
tweeting all this stuff about the FBI Trump situation in Russia or something. I don't know. I didn't read all the tweets, but basically they've confirmed that it's him. And he came out today saying that he's going to have to think about doing some writing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we're going to get it. We're going to get a Comey book. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that, I'm going to have to read that when that comes out. Hopefully he reads it himself. We can get it on Audible. Oh, yeah. Dot com slash how you living for free 50. No, we don't have that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if if you go there, they might give it to us. So <laughs> try that. Just write it in. Make sure to give us five stars on iTunes. And write us in as, if you don't like Carrie Moon, you want to vote for Jenny Durkin. Instead, write how you living. <laughs> we support that. Yeah. Yeah. We support that. Um. Yeah, no, oh, well, the rest of the, did you have, oh, this week, oh, sorry, I, I, I pulled you up the Comey Twitter. Um, no, no, that was a good one. I did not know that Comey had a Twitter that yeah. happened this week yeah. in America, but I mean, basically, I do want to talk about how former presidents are coming out against this president, but then, apparently, there's some way you can misconstrue, well, you know what, and I need to do a little bit more research on it, because there was something about Jimmy Carter uh, coming out in to some degree in favor of Donald Trump because he was a political outsider when he came in and he was saying like, yo, don't let him get you down, dog. Yo, they just trying to harsh your, harsh your mellow. Harsh your mellow. Don't let him harsh your mellow. And I'm just like, really? Well, I mean, that. I mean, I guess that goes back to the like Dave Chappelle SNL speech where it's like, I want him to do as good of a job as possible. I wish him luck, mm-hmm. you know, and now we've seen him do all this shitty shit. And so we're all frustrated, but I mean, ultimately that feeling and sentiment is there like, cause he's in the office. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to act responsibly is the best or to resign. Then we have Mike Pence and then we have to decide what we want to do with that s- scenario. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a Pandora's box of an administration. Um, it really is. I mean, the the Bush one was really bad. I don't want to keep deflecting and being like uh, the Bush, because cause the Bush-Cheney connection with the Cheney and, and Halliburton, it was pretty dirty. Mm-hmm. So so they both feel pretty dirty. Um, and, you know, I was offended by some of the drone activity in the Obama years, but it wouldn't have made me not vote for him a third term i <laughs> probably would have given him four more years oh yeah no, no. you know that was a little i feel like he overstretched his his bounds as a peacemaker then um that was a little rough but uh and it's hard to explain as a as a party but then now that we're dealing with what we're dealing with it's mm-hmm. like i don't know you know and then you know north korea continues to be a pest i haven't heard any additional updates this week as far yeah, as yeah it's been a quiet north korea week you know thank goodness uh i didn't download the air raid siren so if you listened to last episode i haven't added that to the soundboard yet so maybe that's just because i want to keep peace in the world you know I'll, I'll download the sound of dubs being released in a park next time oh just silence yeah they're really quiet flyers <laughs> um but yeah, what else? I mean, was it was kind of a busy week, I feel like, in the news. Well, uh, there there are some stories now. Um, oh, there there was just a new development today of there is a senator that came out against Trump and said that he will not be going for re-election in 2018, which means there'll be an open seat. And it's a Republican. There'll wow. be an open seat. And it's a Republican. You'd be an open seat, just saying, and it's a Republican. So, any who's he? 
Yeah, no, um, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's going to be an interesting 2018. I hope, I hope, uh, the, the Democrats take it seriously. I hope they reach out to the progressive, uh, wing of their party, um, make Bernie Sanders a member of the party. No, nah, Bernie Sanders running as an independent. But I meant like as a, as a, as a, as a, as a player in our election uh, system. Like, yes. as, as, yes. like let's, let's, let's coalesce this coalescence. Let's actually bring it together. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy who said he won't run it is Jeff Flake. <laughs> yes. He's flaking out y'all. <laughs> God to be a, to be a headline writer in today's <laughs> news. You got Trump as a verb. You got, you got Flake flaking. I All mean, right. Seriously, Comey, he combs his hair really nice. No, I don't know. That was just oh, he's and he's Arizona's junior senator. That is ooh, oh oh. So he's fuck. He, that's that's serve, important. Serve, serve with McCain currently. That is important. Oh, and McCain is definitely probably gonna come up too. Oh my, no, that's an. You know how important that is because Arizona is so contentious to the Trump regime because, you know, remember, I have to call back to like episode two when we talked about Marianne Mendoza because Marianne Mendoza was from Arizona and Marianne Mendoza was the poster child for you can't have those immigrants in our country because they kill us. Right. The sort of narrative that was going on at the beginning of um, his tenure in office. So that's important we gonna be watching for that one because that's an important race to win yeah if it can go republican democrat right if we can get those people down there actually registered to vote and out there to vote like that's a solid that's a solid mm, movement and that's a state mm, you know, new mexico arizona that area it leans you know it's a place that we can actually gain seats we can get gubernatorial figures in those places we can Mm -hmm. get senators like you're saying it it can happen and all it takes is some progressive voters and and kind of center the road left and center the road to unify under certain messages and certain leaders and get them elected so that your voice is heard as opposed to just kind of throwing it to the wash of parties and saying the republicans have always solved our problems it's you have to challenge the systems and you know, Trump was a challenge to the Democratic fractured base. You know, he proved uh, our vulnerability on the working class, you know, mm-hmm. and and there are some true statements he made in, the, in that election that that the, the Democrats weren't matching those particular statements and others that got construed, you know, and others that we definitely as a party don't adopt. But there's definitely things to be learned from how that election was won and whether or not the Democrats want to keep walking into every other election with the same kind of background as the last, Mm -hmm. or we can actually learn and, and learn ahead of time. Like, like in a way, Obama knew like the way Obama ran elections. He, he knew that you, you got to run the score up. You can't just try and beat your opponent. Mm-hmm. You have to try and beat Golden State. You have to try and run the score up, mm-hmm. and and that's how Trump did it. Is he went through the blue the blue collar Rust Belt states and oh, yeah. made sure they all clicked in with him. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And 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 just kept checking back. And once he had that base of numbers, the rest of the map was kind of a toss up, outside of the guarantees for Hillary. Yeah. And I think so right now you'll actually hear about I think one important thing is that we always talk about the fractured bases and both parties have their fractured bases. It's 
you know, as I always say, the populist versus the con- constitutional conservatives. Uh, and on our end, the liberal end is the neoliberals versus the progressives. And and right now, it's not looking good for the progressives in the DNC because the DNC is uh, creating a lot of uh, lobbyists and such and superdelegates that are squarely neoliberal when uh, if they're going to want to win in 2018 uh, you're going to have to run a few progressive candidates yeah and and do it in the places that it can support i i mean uh, you know i'm looking at you vermont uh, i'm looking at you right i'm looking at you new hampshire uh, i'm looking at you uh connecticut yeah i'm looking at you minnesota it's uh, that's yeah, I get it. And then and then you can build the party from from its base that it's created, you know, and you can actually uh, because yeah, you, you create a stronger party. You want to think win-win, just like like we have this problem here where we want to think win-win. For me, I want to be able to live comfortably in the city and the other people want to make sure that I'm not a blight on their neighborhood, right? Right. Even though I I feel like that has unfortunate implications if you think I'm going to be a blight on your neighborhood and people like me going to be on your neighborhood, but I digress. Um, now we need to find a way to think win-win in that matter because you know, now you progressives are like, yo, there's a lot of money out there. It's hard for us to live. That dream of how we lived before isn't out there unless we work multiple jobs or unless we become all become fervent business owners or small business owners and find multiple sources of income. Right. We're not going to be able to live comfortably. So please look at the situation, analyze it, understand where the systems falter, where we don't have all the opportunity that we need to make the right choices in order to become fully fulfilled members of society and uh, supplement our society in a way that allows us to do that exactly but that i realize that's super that's super liberal holy fuck like i took individualism like straight out <laughs> like fuck that was super liberal i only say that because like i know somebody who's conservative will be like that is super liberal <laughs> and yeah and hopefully one day we get to debate them and we get to talk and and can find the common grounds and actually move move the country forward because it's um, I'm tired of the parties of no I'm tired of the bickering you mm-hmm. know I know that the, the issues the they're they're heavy and weighted and they 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 take delicate precision to get through mm-hmm. to not get emotions high and passions in, engulfed in in the situation as opposed to being like rational people but at some point you know busy work has to be done and we have to get we have to get some shit done i mean the, this mm-hmm. world's changing rapidly we have to decide what what we're trying to accomplish as a part of it you know as a society oh yeah we have that we have that that's all we have you know mm-hmm. is how we take that and this 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 society we formed it in, in what direction as long as we have that you know there's a chance and you know we're seeing the cracks in the systems and we're seeing the failures in other places where things have been i mean you know, Syria had a normal way of life four years ago. Oh yeah. You know, and uh, and look at look at what that means to this day. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, societies crumble, and and I know we're a long ways from Syria, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> you mean, you know, yeah, it's it's it, it all starts with with crumbling infrastructure and and a lack of of faith in a system of infrastructure. Yeah. So we have to reinstill the faith. Mm-hmm. And I know. Like on the conservative side, there is a there's a degree of um what's it called like personal agency and personal responsibility that it seems like they always tout, 
And I'm like, I agree with y'all, right? I actually do agree to that we need to have personal agency over things. But you have to take into consideration that we can only have as much personal agency as we have resources at, at our disposal. Right. And so if the person doesn't have resources at their disposal, you you ha- you can you need to take a hard look at both circumstance and choices and if those and if the circumstance is to the point where they don't have the means to do something maybe you need to be able to change their circumstance right and that's like like if you build houses near an infrastructure that's say mm. is is popular like a link system okay and you you measure the apartments before you installed the link and the time it took people to get to work and the amount of people that were late to work and the difficulty it would be to get to work. And then you add in something like that that's a more regulated system, like a system of trains that mm-hmm. happens way more on the hour. It's way easier to regulate because it's on a, a separated path. Yes, there's still delays because of the tunnel and all that, but it's limited. You're limited. Your percentage of people that can live in that area and get in is like tenfold easier. you know. And so... That's a simple thing for a city to do is to look at its transportation map and make that. Well, whose job is it to look at that? Well, it's the elected officials. Yeah. You know, and then where do those elected officials go after they, quote unquote, accomplish these goals? Well, they run for Senate and then they run for for governor and then they run for president, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the system we've had. Right now we have a guy who got really rich and owned a bunch of stuff and paid for an election. So. That's a whole new territory. You mm-hmm. know, we haven't had that type of, you know, person since maybe the Rockefellers were running in the 50s. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, and whether or not they were, uh, you know, active candidates and, you know, should have been running. Who knows? But Trump's the one to get through. And uh, and now we have to look at how we want to form these parties. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you can just buy an election because don't think... <laughs> Other people aren't going to try that. Don't think that there's not another Trump down the pipeline we're not seeing. Don't think that the liberals might not think of doing this and figure out a candidate that the rest of the country can just get behind on some moral values and realize that we're just going to pass all these crazy liberal ideas, you know. Mm -hmm. So instead of just being afraid of each other, we need to be able to to debate these ideas. Yeah, yeah. You got to look at everyone's like America is a big, diverse place and you have to look at everyone's problems uh, holistically. And, you you know, the cities have different problems than the country does. Yeah. Right. And you have to figure out, like, ultimately, everyone's out there going, you say capitalism runs our lives. Right. And you say capitalism is what's going to allow for anybody to do the American dream. But you also have to ask, is any is anybody's American dream being curtailed by the operations of capitalism? And the answer is a strong yes. Right. And yes and more yes. Right. And so we have to figure that out. And, you know, going forward, you know, formations of corporations, the the how they operate in cities versus regular individuals. How can we weight the system so that if you are a small business owner, the system knows that mm-hmm. and, it, and attempts to, to pick you up faster than it tries to push you down through corporate greed when they restructure. I mean, if you just think about it 30 years ago, even 40 years ago, there were hardware stores in everyone's neighborhood. And now we have Home Depots and maybe that's fine, mm-hmm. but maybe that's also less jobs. Maybe there is a problem over time if that Home Depot serves an area a lot larger than a than a family-run hardware store would. Mm-hmm. I think you see that in cities like 
Seattle when hardware stores do exist within the confines of the city. Mm-hmm. I think that's active political nature of that community supporting that business, keeping mm-hmm. them above the poverty line of running a business and keep their doors open. Yeah, I think without the local support, those type businesses would close. Well, if we have that type of political activism on that level, we need to expand that, and we need to learn how to actually be active in our communities beyond just our neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, in our cities and everything. And and because we do these votes, we do these federal votes, and yet we hardly know anything about each other. And and you know, I think that something needs to happen with that. States need to learn how to pass around the information. We should learn more about what's going on in Eastern Washington. You know, mm-hmm. I need to know a closer idea of what what problems they're facing and how we can address them and how we could help kind of bridge the gap of of ideology and social misunderstanding. Mhm. No, no, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, and me and, uh, and we got good fruit. We got plenty of good fruit over there. We can Pick, oh, yeah, that's where all our wine comes from. Yeah, we can get wine too. We could go there. And worst case scenario, we have a really awkward conversation and we leave with wine and fruit. I mean, right? And don't forget about weed too. Yeah, they do grow weed out there. So. God damn it, we do need to talk about Eastern Washington a little bit more because our fucking lives, like our yuppie ass lives in Seattle. Like I know I complained a lot about you know the way Seattle's going, but reg- regardless, it's still yuppie ass Seattle. Um, we, we have access to so much and partially because of all the work that people in, in Eastern Washington do And Eastern Washington is like, no, you, you know, we're conservative, right? And then we're like, whatever, nah, progressive yeah. values, right? It's, exactly. Like we, we've done that before so much. So. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's at the point where. You know, we we it's it, both sides realize it. Something's gonna have to give. I mean, it, as we're we're passing legislation without our leader, president, quote unquote, um, you know, we're showing that that people can combine and and get stuff done, even when it's differences in values. Because mm-hmm. the values are really the same. Like you're saying, I think I think it's I think it's misinformation. I think it's I think it's old politics to keep the camps divided. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm surprised there isn't a reality show yet. <laughs> you know, they could do a cross. It could be on CMT. Mm-hmm. CMT. It'll be on <laughs> and BET. Okay. It'll be on. <laughs> it'll be simulcast on both networks. Oh my god! Yes. And 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 the episodes are someone lives in the country. Oh my god! From the city. Uh huh. And someone from the the country lives in the city and vice versa but they're also political ideologues ideologues and they have like activism in some form on the other end so they're they're engaged and they're part of the political elite yeah in the sense of the politically engaged not the political elite but the politically engaged that's a good idea and and then they have to spend time and the effort on both ends it's kind of like you know when they switch swap moms and stuff oh yeah yeah no wife swap was definitely like that in some sense when they try to convince you they're gonna they're going hard they're not just gonna be like taking him to the movies and stuff they're gonna like show him like what we're trying to deal with liberally out here and why we have these values and the and the and the differences we make (laughs) and then the same thing in the countryside like they got to learn about the like strength of labor there and the importance of industry and, and cost being low and like 
the struggle against corporate demands on their end, which is like just these faceless companies buying land, essentially. Mm. You know, whereas we're dealing with corporations as businesses that are hiring us at too low of a wage. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's two different things, and so uh, that'd be interesting. I'm surprised. You know. Yeah, uh, and this how band. you live in productions will take at this point a 15% cut if you guys get the episode online you know we're just asking 15% for the idea costs you know it, you mean, know what that's something yo that's some someone with like a Canon D6 and you know some frequent flyer miles could do right like real oh you're talk. right because like, you got to just fly them yeah yeah like that's, uh, that's you don't even funny. need hollywood to do big productions like this anymore oh, no like you know what we you could go on kickstarter and be like, we doing this. And kickstart it for everything. All the camera you need, the computers you need to edit it, you know. And then you can put it, yeah, and then you just give it to sell to YouTube Red or sell it to Netflix. Because, you know, Netflix, Netflix has a lot of market penetration that is both in the cities and in the urban, suburban, sorry, and suburban areas as well, too. So... You could say, yeah, let's do this. And then you have the person like, yeah, oh, oh, he's from the con. Oh, oh, yeah, we do that. Yeah. It's all like, we all do on the weekends. So we go down to the lake, we fish a little bit, we take all the fish, you know, we know how to clean them. We put them on a barbecue, we grab it through beers, you know, we, we shoot the shit and we do everything. And then, you know, people in the uh, the city be like, oh, yeah, what we do do? Oh, we go get tapas at this place. You know, we have a couple of drinks and everything. Yeah. And then, you know, they go and they cross paths and then go, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to go fishing. Have you this, ever been fishing before? Right. No. By the oh. end of it, he's shooting guns at a target. He's high-fiving him when he hits the target. Right. You know, they're talking. They're making plans for the spring because that's when the deers run. <laughs> and then uh, and then the guy in the city is, like, getting a, he's getting a, like, you know, time share deal so you can come stay in one of the con he's like oh you guys go out of town you just you just need me to stay for a week just so the cats don't get out i mean mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah i like it what do we call it life swap a life swap that we'd probably get sued from wife swap but yeah. like life swap's pretty funny or uh well co- there was that movie back in the day called trading spaces or or that's interesting right so, Col- culture shock yeah oh Culture shock is a good one too. Uh, culture shock, yeah. And then it's like, bzz, 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 and then it like fades to the like opening scene, just like you're saying though. Single camera. Mm-hmm. Tag yeah. the tag the date on there, you know. Yeah. Early morning, October fourth, on the ranch in Eastern Washington. He gets the call. Right. Yeah. You could even do. Well, you could do a pilot project here. Yeah. You could take someone who lives in Seattle and trade them with someone who lives in Spokane. Yeah. Any other way around and be like, boom, there you go. Oh my God, <laughs> we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh man, it'll be yeah. Bill the potato farmer, whose family's run the potato farms just east of Spokane for fifty years, and then uh, the uh, the the Amazon executive who just got his new house downtown in Belltown. And it's like this expansive studio giant apartment in downtown. And the two of them swap lives. Yeah. In culture shock. Uh, yeah, man. That's a good pitch. I like it. That was a good pitch meeting, you know? Yeah. 
I I think uh, we could work it out. You got product placement, as, as always, you know. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by Microsoft. We can get the Remington, you know, when we're out in the country. Mm-hmm. You know? Sponsored <laughs> the, by John Deere. This shooting segment is brought to you by Remington. Remington, because we know that killing's important. The fuck? <laughs> John Deere, because you eat the food we drive over. <laughs> John Deere. Oh, God. And Ford. <laughs> and then that's still Ford on the other one. And Ford. Electric vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> I got it all day, guys. There you go. Uh, do you have anything else for the people to get them informed, get them ready for how they're living? Chaz um, the man. C-R-S-I-I on the Twitters. Hell yeah. C-Town Mayor on the Twitters for me's. I do want to say, if you listened before, I told you guys to listen to uh, Movies with Mikey. Movies with Mikey just did sort of a retrospective and critique of Hot Fuzz. Ooh. And it is really good about like how um, Edgar Wright and his directing style is, but also how it was a social commentary of policing back then and how it's an even more poignant social commentary of policing now. So definitely check that out. And also, if you don't know, if you're on Facebook and you're on Facebook often, that uh, you can contact, contact your your senators and your congresspeople through Twitter. Sorry, not Twitter, through Facebook. Um, so do that. And also, like, if you still have friends that or have opposing views or even if you just want to start doing the civic process, start it on your wall. Start, start more uh, civic powwow parties or whatever. Make it a potluck. Yeah, get get people together. Yeah, invite them over. Just have them over. Don't start the the night about politics. Make it about community and about involvement. Get, ask them some questions. Understand their life. Get to know your neighbors. And as you build those communities, then ask for help in situations. Find out what they need help on. And as you work and build those communities, those communities get stronger. We get stronger as a community overall. We'll invite us to your uh, your block party. Yeah, we can do a live We're show at your folk. party. We're good folk. I'll bring the paper plates. I know I know that's you're always like everyone brings paper plates. Yeah, but no one shows up late and brings paper plates. You've, oh. you've already put all the plates out. Each everyone's holding the same plate. There's the dessert coming. You've got the gravy on that plate. No, I come with new plates and uh I bring them late. Late plates. That's my move. <laughs> That's what they call me in college, Johnny Late Plates. Um, so you can get me at C Town Twitter, helping your municipality by the sea, uh, as well as hylbox at gmail.com. That's hyl for how you live in, hylbox at gmail.com. And that's a free way to get a hold of us, give us any of the topics on the show, maybe a, a more wordy than the uh, hundred and some odd characters you're given on the tweets. Uh, it's been fun, Chaz. I'm glad we're keeping track. Hell yeah. We're keeping this world together with a uh, needle and thread. And All right, one podcast at a time. Exactly, buddy. You get it. You get the analogy. <laughs> Stitching it together. Uh, I'm learning as we go, and uh, I hope you guys are too, and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Take care. You work for me. Oh, but to feed my dogs need pedigree. Oh, ain't let no money get away from me. Oh, the TA say they read for me. These bitches wish they were bartenders just to get next to me. <laughs>